And welcome to episode number nine of the Kickabout. And as always, we have Dan and Fran with us. Hi. Um, well, this weekend was almost almost normal. Yeah. Nobody uh, nobody had crazy results. There was verging a... on slightly dull. I know. To the it was rest a bit boring. Of the... Yeah. yeah. Bring back no defenses. Yeah, like seven threes <laughs> and yeah. stuff like that. It won't be long before Man United do something yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. So as always, um, Dan, you're going to kick us off with uh, with your stat of the week. Finally gets himself ready. Yeah, right. I'm good to go. Go. Um, so I've gone a little bit different. Like usually I'd do like a stat and then say, you know, like when did it happen in 1963 or something like that. <laughs> but I've gone a little bit different with this one. So um, Chelsea put in a strong defensive display against United in their nil-nil draw on Saturday, but they failed to create too much going forward with only one shot on target in the game. So my question is, which player has created the most chances for Chelsea so far this season? Ooh. Is that just a question for Joe Morton? <laughs> well, I think it'd be a, an interesting Joe, I hope one. you're shouting down, down yeah. the mic now. I think it'd be interesting. Joe won't know. He's always one. too pissed when he's watching Chelsea. He doesn't even know where he is. <laughs> right. Um, okay, as always, we'll find out later on the answer to that. So let's get into it. So Friday Night Football was back, uh, mm. and it was I think it was the highest scoring, or one of the highest scoring games of the weekend. Yeah. Um, and our final... 100% record has not only gone, it's well and truly gone because, mm. um, yeah. despite the fact uh, the, the the Villa actually were in the game quite early on, I mean, I watched uh, some highlights of it, um, and it was mostly Villa, they were smashing it. Jack Grealish was all over, them. yeah, that's what I thought. I thought it was all Villa, and then Leeds scored three goals. <laughs> I mean, the, the first goal was a little bit unfortunate, yeah, good save yeah. from Martinez, um, Bamford, obviously, right place, right time, as yeah. all good strikers do, and I'm not in the in the least bit annoyed that my bet with Joe Roberts is already looking quite bad. He's only got 30-odd games to get four goals, and I've got to give him a tenner. Um, but, yeah, uh, overall, I think Villa will probably be scratching their heads at how they've lost that game 3-0. Yeah, I can't see uh, Grealish being at Villa too much longer because he's he looks so good. He's ready to go. Yeah, I mean, I think By the nest. He, was pr- he was probably still splitting opinion a little bit last season mm. obviously Villa weren't performing anywhere near no. levels they were this season so he's he's in the he's in the media a bit more he's in the spotlight a bit more obviously he's had that call up for England now so you know he, he perhaps is gaining more plaudits than he would have done last season mm. um, Ross Barkley um, not didn't quite have the impact that he wanted mm. um, but you know, it's one of those games. I don't think there's too much you can read into this result, if I'm being brutally honest. No, I mean, I think on another day, it could have been 3 0 Villa, really. Yeah, they? that's what I, I mean. I think they just had a bad. There was just like a crazy 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like that that first league goal, Leeds goal, sorry, uh, just sort of knocked the stuffing out of them a little bit. Yeah. yeah. But not to take anything away from Leeds. No, I absolutely mean, not. The goals I mean, they score were clinical. Um, well, I mean, Bamford. get on to, to yeah, Patrick Bamford. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, the second two goals that he scored were just. Absolute class, especially the third one. Like he managed to sort of how he found space to just, just like side fit it into the sort of top corner yeah. from where he was. It is one as a neutral or as a Leeds fan, you're probably thinking, "Oh my god, what a goal!" If you're an Aston Villa fan, you're thinking, "How on earth with the players he had around him has he found the space <laughs> inside the box to to find the corner?" Yeah. Um, but actually, the second goal as well. I mean, you look at the way he struck the ball, sort of with the inside of his foot, yeah. and he's bent the ball 
as if he's hit the ball with his outside of his foot. Mm. Um, initially, I actually thought he took a deflection, but you watch it back and I don't think it did. No, I think it was crossbarring in as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then just talking on Bamford, I mean, I, you know, I know this bet that I've got on with Joe and we've talked about it before and we've talked about him potentially being one of those players in the uh, the David Nugent zone. Where did the bet come from? Because you don't think he's... Yeah, because I thought he's shit. <laughs> Um, so yeah before the season started obviously having chats with Joe and he mm. said you know Bamford's going to be scoring goals this season I'm like mate he's not he's a championship striker I nearly said he won't get more than five but <laughs> um, I stretched out to ten which I'm quite glad I've done so he's on six he's on six yeah so he's got 33 games 32 games <laughs> to get four goals so I'm praying for a really bad injury <laughs> I'm done Bam-dite. yeah exactly no I wouldn't wish that on anybody um but no, I mean, you know, credit where credit's due. Bielsa's got him playing. He, he's flourishing under him. But it's not just the fact that he scored six goals. It's the manner of the goals that he's mm. scoring. Yeah. Um, I mean, he scored pretty much every type of goal you can think of so far. He scored the sort of simple tap-ins. Um, he's he scored the runs where he sort of like made a really incisive run between defenders. He scored the screamers at the weekend. He's, he's sniffed around in the box to get that one at the weekend. Um, yeah, he did, as much as I hate to say it, he does look a player. He must be up there as top goal scorer, hasn't he, so far this season? Uh, I haven't looked, but he's, yeah, he's got to be up there with the likes of Calvert-Lewin yeah. and, and Ings and whoever else is up there and Vardy. There's a lot of English players up there. There is, mm. yeah. Is uh, I'm not going to say it. Should I say it? <laughs> Should he? <laughs> Should we get him on the plane for you? Uh, <laughs> playing at centre-back. We need some centre-backs. <laughs> this is true. Um so obviously Villa got Southampton next they'll be wanting to get back to winning ways Southampton won't be an easy game we'll get on to Southampton later Um, Villa probably won't care about this result we mentioned this just a minute ago but they've got one game in hand still and if they were to win that they will still go top Um, overall I don't maybe we'll see in three or four games time but I don't think this is going to be the, the reality check or the kind of the the putting on the brakes and all of a sudden it's kind no, of downhill from there. I don't think we're at that point yet. No, I think it's just a blip. Like, I think um, they just caught Bamford, Bamford, like, you know, he was clinical mm. like with the goals he scored. Like I said, he, on another day, it could have been 3-0 Villa, so... And I think that will probably be the message that Dean Smith will be giving his players. Yeah. He'll be like, look, I know we've lost 3-0. On paper, anybody that hasn't watched this game will think we've been hammered tonight. Mm. In reality, as we say, that was absolutely not the case. No. Mm. So, um, and as for Leeds, um, I mean, we have to really, I mean, we talk, talk, uh, talked about them against Liverpool, uh, against City. I think we have to really take them quite seriously. They've got less than it. That's going to be a game. That would be a good game. Good test. Um, we've mentioned Bamford. What about, um, what's his name? Uh, Meslier, is that how you pronounce it? Goalkeeper? Yeah. He's mm. he's quite the find as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's keeping a ex-Real Madrid goalkeeper out the side at the moment, isn't he? He is, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I did hear somewhere that um, they think that Meslier is, is, looks like one of those players on FIFA. You know, like the players that don't get their heads yeah, scanned? Yeah. <laughs> so you get like the generic heads, the generic faces, yeah. because they haven't bothered taking the time to scan them into the game. And Meslier looks like one of them. <laughs> I thought that was quite funny. Um, but no, when he's 20 years old... Um, and he's, you know, he's looking like a real keeper. Mm. Shame he's not English. What? He's French, isn't French, he? Yeah. yeah. Um, and he's made some really important saves. And in this game, if it probably wasn't for him, then you're right, he would have gone the other way. Yeah. 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 But it's like a lot of teams, if you look at Chelsea, the difference a, a goalkeeper can make 
um, in having a, a good go- a goalkeeper that you can you have confidence in and a goalkeeper that you don't have confidence in. Yeah, it, it will make a difference, difference from the defence yeah. as well. Um, you know, they'll be looking behind them and thinking, you know, if that ball comes anywhere near him, I'm pretty certain he's mm. going to save it. Whereas, mm. as you say, with Kepa, they're doing everything they can to block the shot because they know if the ball gets near him, he's probably going to fuck it up. Yeah, it t- <laughs> takes the pressure off making mistakes at the back. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, good result for Leeds. Onwards and upwards for them. Um, I think they're, like, third in the league. Are they third in the league now? Yeah, I think third so. or fourth in the league. I think Liverpool are third, actually. Yeah, nice Leeds, um, but, yeah, absolutely incredible start of the season for them. Uh, let's move on. Southampton against Everton. So, whilst they weren't 100%, Everton were the, were the other undefeated team in the Premier yep. League. That's obviously now gone as well. Um, we spoke last week about Hassan Hutu and about the job that he's doing at Southampton. Um, and he sort of vindicated our, our chat about him this week. It was a great result yeah. to, to turn over Everton like that. And fully deserved. Like Southampton absolutely destroyed Everton. Yeah. All over them. Yeah. All I couldn't, didn't see that game going any other way the way Southampton were playing. Yeah, Danny Ings turned provider as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked at my fantasy league, which I won't get into. To, as I <laughs> spoke about it before and my, my perils with that. Um, but yeah, he's, he's sort of like almost did a bit of a, a Harry Kane. We've spoken about mm. how Harry Kane has adapted his game slightly to mm. bring other players into the game and he's getting more and more assists. Yeah. Uh, and Danny Ings did a bit of that the weekend. Yeah. He was floating around and he, he put, laid on both goals in the end. Mm. Yeah, it's a shame he's um, starting to play like this sort of in the latter of his career. If he was still sort of in his mid-20s... He well, he's only like, 28. Well, that's for a striker that's getting towards the latter of his No, career, no. <laughs> he's got 10 years in him. <laughs> um, Great, great goal from James Ward Prowse. He's another player that's sort of been on the periphery for England for a number of years. Yeah, tends to only How get old called is he up. Now? He's mid twenties. He's mid twenties. Everyone's mid twenties. Yeah. yeah, if you don't know, he's mid twenties. <laughs> um, yeah, he's been on the periphery with England for um, quite a few years now, but he tends to only get called up when there's injuries or selection. Mm. Yeah, he's a bit of like a backup squad player, isn't he? Really? Yeah, um, but he, I mean, he's he's been in good form for Southampton for mm. for a little while now. He's very good on. From a set piece, yeah, um, and he took his goal beautifully yeah. against Everton um, as well. Um. Do we think any blame can be apportioned to Pickford there? I don't know. I might be nitpicking a little bit. Yeah, here. I, I was going to say I'd think it's the one week where I probably wouldn't pick Pickford out too much. To be honest, I mean, he did. He struck it really, really well. Mm. Um, but from the angle that I saw, it looked like Pickford had a good view on it. Maybe his positioning was slightly over to his left. Maybe could have been a little bit more central. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, I'm nitpicking if, yeah, massively. If you're going to nitpick, I think, you know, I'm sure that he would look at it and say, I could have done better there. Um, but... I'm just looking for a reason for him to be dropping <laughs> yeah. it. <really. laughs> but James Ward-Prowse hit it very well. Yeah. Um, and then Shea Adams and getting another goal. He's sort of quietly doing the business for Southampton this season. Yeah, it's taken him a while to get going, hasn't it? He didn't, like, when he joined, was it beginning of last season he joined? Yeah. He yeah. didn't look like he was going to make the cut at all. An awful probably, scoring record. I last thought year. he'd probably end up going back down to the championship, but he's—I don't know—did he start? I think he started. I think so. I think the the, the general partnership at the yeah, moment, the preferred partnership, is him and Ings. I think he's starting to cement himself a place. I think it helps that he's got Danny Ings with him because he can either be assisting Danny Ings or he sort of runs off of Danny Ings, and they work quite well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Shea Adams is... They're not the traditional sort of crouching Defoe of years ago, but they do have that quality where they do play off each other quite well. They're both quick, both um, strong players. They're they're very good at the ball with their feet as well, even with Mm. their back to goal. Um, And I do feel that Danny Ings is actually... He's helping Shea Adams another way in that, again, all the media talk and hype is around Danny Ings because of how his goal-scoring form has been so crucial to Southampton. Mm. Excuse me, that um, perhaps Shea Adams is... 
performing in the shadows and that's it takes the pressure off him absolutely yeah no one's looking at him and expect people are expecting goals from Danny Ings but at the moment people aren't necessarily expecting them from Shea Adams mm. and, and I suppose it, that kind of works both ways because if Shea Adams is, is picking up a few goals here and there then Danny Ings doesn't feel the pressure that the entire side is looking at him yeah. to be the sole goal scorer yeah. for the team yeah um Everton, a little bit like Villa, I don't think will be particularly bothered about this one-off blip. No, no although I mean, they have had two red cards in two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll get, get on to the, the, the Dina red card in a sec. <laughs> um, no, I think I'm sure Ancelotti will have a word with them and they'll be back to winning ways again next week. Mm. Um, so, let's get on to the red card. What do we think? Do we think it was a red? I think yeah. I think it was a red, but I don't think I don't think he meant to do it. No. I don't think there was any malice in it. I think it has to be a red. But I think you have to give a red card. Like, that could easily have snapped his ankle. Yeah, it could have broken his ankle. Yeah, it's it's um in a way it's not too dissimilar to Pickford and Van Dyke in that clearly there was no malice mm. involved. Yeah. But it is a dangerous challenge, whether it was meant or not, as you say, I mean his 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 weight and his foot was on the back of I'm trying to remember who oh, the player was. Peters. Was it Walker Peters? Peters yeah. It was on the back of his ankle yeah. for a fairly considerable yeah, amount of yeah, time. Sort of put caught on it. Um, and uh, I must admit, when I obviously I knew ahead of watching the highlights that Dean had been sent off, and then when I watched the highlights, I saw that he'd given away the ball. He just had a little nibble at him as yeah, well as he got away. Yeah. And then when Dean was chasing him, I was watching it. Oh, I thought he's going to fucking clatter him here. And I waited and waited, and then I saw that, and I was like, oh, okay, that's not as bad. Right. But, but are we saying it's not as bad because Carl Tweeters isn't actually got a broken ankle, like he's all right? No, I think if it's because... He, oh, sorry, go on. If he was to have, like, a proper injury from it, I presume, I feel like people would have been like, yeah, it's a red card. No, I think it's, it's you, different to the one like Pickford did, because Pickford, although he didn't mean to injury him and didn't mean to go in like that he's meant the tackle mm. whereas I feel like Dinya was sort of almost was chasing him. I think he was almost giving up chasing him yeah but he didn't seem to he sort of gave up in his head but he didn't really slow down he carried on running mm. behind him and just as his legs come up he's sort of trodden down on it yeah and he's just sort of slid with him I think it looks a lot worse than it it maybe was but I think it, you've got to give a red card for it yeah. I think the thing that probably does him does Kyle Walker Peters good is that as soon as he feels it he t he just rotates his body yeah. slightly mm -hmm. and it sort of makes sure that his whilst his ankle is being bent in a way it's not mm -hmm. meant to be mm -hmm. because he rotated his body it just enables it to be it's within the threshold of where mm -hmm. your ankle can bend yeah. if he'd have stayed running in straight straight forward I think it would have been potentially more serious injury yeah, yeah. it could have quite easily snapped his ankle yeah mm -hmm. I don't know I'm kind of I'm sort of with Fran on this I feel like had there been you know if he'd been rolling around on the on the floor in pain and the stretcher mm -hmm. comes on, you see gas now, you, you know, you see this horrific injury. Because of what's happened with Pickford and, and Virgil mm -hmm. van Dijk, I do think the media scrutiny is they're just waiting for another story like yeah. this. Yeah. Um, and Liverpool fans will be waiting for a story like this. Um, Non-Liverpool fans will even be even more eager for this because they'll be like, oh, hang on a minute, they've fucking done that. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But I don't think... I still think it's a red card. But yeah, I don't. I don't know whether you can. I don't know if Everton are going to get off on this one because Ancelotti said after the game, "We're definitely appealing this. It was a joke." Etc. He was. He was pretty upset about that. But I don't feel like they're going to get that one overturned. No, I mean there was one years ago. It was. Uh, I remember watching it. It was United Real Madrid, and the ball keeper booted the ball out. You talking about Nani? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he tried to bring the ball down, and he's ended up booting around. I think it was defender or midfielder in the chest. Yeah, like it's exactly the same sort of thing. He didn't even know the player was there, 
Yeah, the ball was coming over his shoulder, wasn't it? Yeah. He was looking at it. But his foot is like waist height and he's gone straight into his chest. And I think it's very harsh, but, you know, it's dangerous play. So therefore it's a red card. Exactly. I think that people have to understand that there is serious foul play very much does include accidental yeah. Yeah, yeah. challenges yeah. as well as deliberate ones. Mm-hmm. If it's deliberate ones, you could all argue that it borderlines on violent conduct. Mm. Yeah. But for accidental ones, uh, you know, they're not mutually exclusive. They can be the same thing. Mm. Um, so... Yeah, I think we're all in agreement it was a red card. Yep. Okay. Um, right, let's talk about Manchester United against Chelsea. Yeah. Um, a game that neither manager could really afford to lose, and neither did. Mm. Um, the only real positive that probably came out of this game is the fact that both teams kept a clean sheet, which will be music to, the, to their ears. Um, is that due to great defending or limp attacking? Yeah, I think both teams went out there not wanting to lose rather than wanting to win. A bit dull, wasn't it? I think the well, especially the way United set up with that attack of like matter. Hey. Yeah, he he, he, like he, he effectively but... started with the same team that started against Newcastle. Yeah, and it's a completely different team that you're playing. Yeah, and both teams went very defensive, wanting to sort of counter attack. Mm. So both teams sort of played each other into a draw. Yeah. And, I mean, there were moments of, you know, will he, won't he score? But, I mean, for the most part, it was just a very boring, dull game. <laughs> I think Man United probably edged it over the course of yeah, 19 minutes. Yeah, more from the chances that they had yeah. um, and some good saves from Mendy. Uh, um, I mean, they sort of both made fairly positive changes, substitutions. So I think they did, in their own mind, think, we you know, we got to an hour stage, it's near and near, the game is here. I think it was Solskjaer was the first to blink mm. um, by bringing Cavani on for his debut, um, who very nearly scored yeah. his first yeah. touch. So um, but it, do you think by that point that the the kind of the way in which the game was going was so embedded into the players that were already out there? Yeah. That substitutes were never really likely to change no, it. That I, much? Don't, I don't understand why you suddenly try to win the game with like half hour, twenty minutes to go. Because for me, he went out there playing for a draw. Mm. Or a clean sheet, at least. They, he then, just, he, they just didn't want to lose. No, exactly. Like I said, I think both teams went out there wanting to keep a clean sheet and not lose, rather than both wanting to win. Yeah, it, it. You always had. I mean, I, I watched. I think I watched the entire ninety minutes. And I, I, I felt like the game was just was there. So mm. I just somebody realize what this game is, yeah. how this game is panning out, mm. and just fucking be a bit more adventurous on the attack. Mm. Commit a few more men forward. There's two inexperienced managers. Wasn't it? I think if it had been like a yeah. Klopp v Guardiola, we should have called this the Battle of the Work Experience, <laughs> as you said last week. I think if it had been a Klopp v Guardiola, it would have been a very different game. I think it would have been more attack v attack rather than defense v defense. Yeah, mm. but this was two managers that are—I wouldn't say fighting for their job, but you know, not, their jobs aren't overly secure at the moment, in my opinion. No, and I feel like. Um... If if decision making had been better in those moments where the game did just kind of open up a little mm. bit, um, and I talk about probably Daniel James was the one that really stands out in my mind, um, and I think I'm pretty sure was it Gary was Gary Neville on comms? Yeah, he was. Mm. And I think he said that that is one area of Daniel James's game that he's really got to work on. And he got the ball on the wing, and he just sort of like he started coming inside, and he was running at the defenders. Mm. Okay, right, that's the right thing to do. Right now, you've got to either you know, sort of go inside yeah. or cut back on your left and go down towards the byline. But he just kept going. Yeah. <laughs> he just kept running straight. And in the end, he just ran into Thiago Silva yeah. and he just bounced off him. The problem is he's, he's very... Um, he's so instinctive, isn't he? He just doesn't seem to actually sort of think yeah, one step ahead. He's very predictable. Yeah. 
And when you're coming up against an experienced player like Thiago Silva, Thiago Silva knows exactly what he's going to do every single time. He had a very good game in fantasy. He did have a very good game. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, just before we start talking a little bit more about Chelsea, um, what did you make of Cavani in his first outing in a United shirt? Um, Better than I thought, actually. I thought when we signed him, I thought it was going to be another sort of Agalo type thing. Not like, I knew he was obviously better than Agalo. Yeah. But um yeah, from the first touch and he he looked like he wanted to score every time the movements he was making, the runs he was making. He might be good for the team. Yeah, I'm like I'm looking forward to seeing him potentially starting games or playing a bit more. Yeah. yeah. Other than him and like Rashford, I feel like no one else wanted to win it. Yeah, he's got the. Um, he reminds me a little bit of Carlos Tevez, that mm. sort of tenacity, desire yeah. just to get around the pitch and just give everything for ninety minutes, and yeah. then you know just sort of leave nothing on the pitch. So I think he will be, as we discussed before, he's not a long term solution. No. Obviously, he's a he's a short term solution to a long term problem. Um, well, but I think, I think he think will get goals. I think he, yeah, I think he will prove his his worth yeah. um, this season and however long he stays. Mm. Um, let's talk about Chelsea. Um, yes. Thiago Silva had a great game. He actually stopped Cavani from probably scoring. Yeah, mm. it was a great block. But just his overall play, like he just he looked like, I think, the Thiago Silva that Lampard was hoping that he mm. bought. Yeah. Um, obviously, the first game or two that he'd had, he looked a bit ropey, a bit he shaky. He gave away a goal, didn't he? Against West Brom, game. yeah. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, but no, in this game, he he looked like... The, the Thiago of old. Um, he looked really commanding. The Chelsea back line looked a lot more organised. Um, does help, though, we spoke, I think we spoke off air, or I don't know if it was recorded earlier. Um, Mendy in goal does make a big difference, and he's pulled off a couple of good saves at the weekend. Yeah, yeah, it's a massive improvement on Kepper, isn't it? Yeah. Um, maybe not so much for the ball at his feet, though. Did we see the... Uh, yeah, when he passed it. Almost, <laughs> the almost own goal. so good. <laughs> I mean, I say almost own goal. It wasn't actually that close in the end. No, um, but didn't look, did he? he no, just sort of passed it without looking. He, and... he must have just completely lost all yeah. sense of where he was on the pitch. Yeah. I mean, can you just imagine if that had gone yeah. in? Oh my god! Um, I mean, we didn't mention also last week that um, Petr Cech is back in the. Stop, the, he was in the squad. In the squad, yeah. 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 So, um, can you imagine? Weirdly, he... not their oldest goalkeeper either. I was, but yeah, so is Caballero not Caballero there anymore? Caballero is there, but he's older than Petr Cech. Oh, is he? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, can you honestly say, do you think that Cech is going to get a game this season? Do you think we might see him don the cap again and don the Chelsea shirt? I didn't know they could do that, to be honest. I thought once you sort of, well, I guess you can because like Paul Skulls and that come out of retirement a couple of times. I mean, the retirement is only the player making it words. official. It's words, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. It's not uh, a written rule that you can't re-sign a retired player. So does that mean that Check is in their like twenty five yeah. man squad. Yeah, he is. is it? <laughs> wow. So uh, I would, yeah, I would love to yeah, see. Ozil can't get in Arsenal. <laughs> yeah. I would love to see like men if Mendy like um, gets banned or gets injured for a game or two. I would love it if Lampard threw Check in there I'd love instead to see of Czech instead of Kepa. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Have you seen the videos of him in training? He's still got it. Check, no. He's still got he it. Plays ice hockey, I think, doesn't he? I don't know if he still does. I know yeah. he did for a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think he got like man of the match in his first game as well. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um, um, just before we um, we go to a break, should we talk about the penalty? What penalty? <laughs> <laughs> Maguire's got away a with one, hasn't he? That Maguire gave. Yeah. It did look like in one of the pictures I saw. It did look like um, Aspilicueta was giving him a stone cold stunner. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, no, I mean. <sighs> 
the, the, I mean, we'll, we'll get on to the, the listener segment where a couple of the listeners have mentioned VAR. Um, but how, again, have, have VAR looked at that and decided that there's not a clear and obvious mistake that they've missed? Yeah, I've, when I saw the replays and they were doing the whole, like, VAR thing, I thought, oh, that's definitely going to be a penalty. But there's been a, quite a few times where I've seen, like, things go to VAR and you're like, oh, yeah, that's 100% a penalty or 100% handball. And it's just not given. You're like... Uh, <laughs> it, it just, they, they seem to be the only people that don't see these decisions. That's the confusing strange. thing. I mean, you've got the referee's opinion um, of what a penalty is or isn't, because it's always subjective. You can make it, you can try and make it as black and white as you like. A referee's opinion on what is and what isn't mm. a foul is always going to be different from somebody else. So for me, one of the big things with VAR is I don't see the point of passing that decision to somebody else in VAR. Mm. Um, unless the referee has just blatantly just not seen it. That's fine. I can understand yeah. that. But if the referee's seen it and said, no, I don't think that's a penalty, and then somebody in his ear says, oh, yes, it is. Yeah. Hang on a minute. The, if the, ref, the referee ultimately is the one in charge, mm. so should it not just be the guy in his ear saying, go and have a look at the monitor? But for things like that, like that's quite clearly, you know, if, if two players just run into each other and headbutt each other, that's one where you'd be like, no, it's not a penalty. They've just run into each other. But when Maguire's literally got his arms round Azpilicueta, I feel like that's one, even if the guy at Stockley Park doesn't have a clue, I feel like that's one where you just say, go and have a look. If yeah. you think it is, give it. If you don't, yeah. fair enough. I think there's, there's surely there enough reasonable, enough of an argument, a reasonable argument to say that that should be looked at again. Mm. Um, I, I was absolutely amazed that that wasn't given. I was glad. <laughs> um, just to sort of wrap this one up, um, which manager would you think is more satisfied with that result or are neither I, of them? Honestly, I think both will be really happy because I think Ollie, like I said, I think both <laughs> managers went in there not wanting to lose and neither of them lost. I mean, Frank Lampard's at Old Trafford, I think he'd be quite happy with a clean sheet and a draw. Yeah. Um, Solskjaer is slightly under pressure at the moment, 15th in the table. I think he'll be happy with a draw against Chelsea and a clean sheet. Three games unbeaten now, mate. Yeah. It's the start of the Oli revolution yeah. again. But yeah, unfortunately, I think both managers will be happy with that. I mean, Solskjaer was smiling at the full-time whistle. Yeah. It looked like it was, you know, it was his, it was his birthday. <laughs> Does that, I mean... Obviously it does, but there's as a Man United fan, should you not be aiming higher than that? Yeah, I would rather Especially in a, in how the game panned out. I mean, if, if it had been a you know back and forward game where there'd been loads of chances and just no one could hit a barn door, then hold your hands up fair enough, Neil and he'll get on with it. But a game like that where nothing really happened, nobody was adventurous enough to try and take the game to their opponent. Mm. To me, can you way, really be positive about that? The way we play football, it's very sit back, defend our asses off, and then quickly get the get the ball forward to like Rashford, Greenwood, Martial. Yeah. And try and nick like a you know a goal on the counter attack. It's very boring. It's very like Sunday league football, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, Man United obviously had more players on the pitch that are geared to a defensive mm. possession based yeah. game. So I would say that Lampard is probably the happier of the two managers, just because he probably knew that Man United would see a lot more of the ball. There'd be balls in and around the box. I think, given how Chelsea defended and how they looked shape wise, keeper obviously making some good saves, which will be a real confidence boost to him and the, and the defence and the rest of the team. I think Lampard is probably the happier of the two yeah. managers. Uh, I don't know. We had like Cavani, Pogba, Van der Beek all sat on the bench, like really creative. I mean, Cavani's obviously a proven goal scorer. Pogba and Pogba's not been that great recently, but Van der Beek and Pogba on the bench. Yeah. And then you've got like Juan Mata and Daniel James. Juan. 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 Juan Mata and Daniel James starting and just... 
blows my mind to be honest. I feel like he, either of them should be happy. It's just bloody. It's Man United and Chelsea for Christ's mm. sake. There should be goals everywhere. Exactly, especially this uh, in this season. Yeah. I really was expecting a high scoring hour. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't. Ex- I was not expecting a nil nil from this game. No, I, d- I didn't think it'd be nil. I thought there'd be goals. Um, but yeah, Juan Mata didn't look very happy, did he, when he came off? No, no. no. I, thought he he I thought he would have stayed. It was a weird sub because he brought he put like Bruno on the wing. Yeah, I, that confused me. I don't think I just, he yeah, he brought on like two centre mids and took off. Or was two he a, wingers? Was he like a fake winger? Sort of one that comes inside and it just lets Juan Bissaka bomb down the wing. Yeah, instead. maybe. And he took off Juan. Juan. And Greenwood doesn't seem to be getting in the side at the moment no. since the whole England thing. No. I think he's played since then. There's, there's, been, <laughs> there's been a bit of um, noise about Greenwood, actually, that he's had a bit of a dusting down from, from Solskjaer about his attitude at, at training and turning up late to meetings and that sort of thing. Well, but I can't see that. I don't think Solskjaer would say boo to a ghost, to be honest. Boo to a what? A ghost? A ghost. Do you mean goose? Goose. Boo to a goose. Yes, that's, that's the same, mate. <laughs> yeah. Genuinely, that's the same. How does, that doesn't make sense. Why would it be boo to a goose? <laughs> that makes no sense at all. <laughs> Surely it's boo to a ghost. It's not. That makes no well, sense. I'll, I'll prove it in the break. <laughs> and on that note... <laughs> Um, right, <laughs> I'm going to compose myself here. Um, after the break, we're going to uh, we're going to do our very first uh, listener segment where we're going to talk about some of the messages we've had from you guys, um, and we're going to talk about City's struggles, and we're going to talk about whether Fulham are in danger of writing a record that they don't want to be a part of. See you in a minute. everyone and welcome back to the show um right for the first time we're going to have our our listener segment where we um every week we post out on facebook uh, and twitter although i think i forgot to do it on twitter this week um basically saying you know let us know your thoughts um previously we've kind of or i've tended to ask a particular question about what's happened at the weekend and, and and let us have your views whereas this time i thought you know what just tell us what you think. Tell us what you thought of the weekend, what happened, what your highlights were, what made you laugh, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, so yeah, without further ado, Fran, why don't you tell us who's been in touch with us this week? So, Dave McGregor has said, VAR, this could be a section every week, though. Their job in Stockley Park is to watch the game and point out any clear and obvious mistakes, but who is monitoring them? The Maguire challenge slash assault was a penalty, and how was the Sheffield United one classed as inside the box? They have the technology to draw their pretty lines, so it should have been clear it was outside of the box, brackets, marginally. Our Saturday league matches survive without VAR and some questionable referees, but it's part of the game. I mean, I think we can both agree about the questionable referees on a Saturday afternoon. That's yeah. for a start. Um, <clears throat> I mean, we've sort of sort of touched on this already, but um, yeah, it's interesting, actually. He says about the, you know, the fact that they use these lines for offside and everything else. It's interesting they didn't use it. Might you know? Obviously, maybe the lines are only for offside and that's it. But that would have cleared it up. Yeah, mm. yeah. Do we think that um, the VAR is getting near the stage where I mean they're not going to drop it mid-season? But do you think we're at the point now where they're going to go? Do you know what this really isn't working? I, I just don't understand what the hell it's doing. Like, how is it making such big errors like the Maguire call and whatever the other one was this week? Like, what? Why are they not seeing that, whoever's looking at it? The thing is, I think we've spoken about VAR every, every single week. week since we've started doing the podcast. Yeah. 
Dave, and you are right. This could be a section every day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it shouldn't be. Like, we should be talking about the football, not yeah. VA, you know, the computer side of things. Maybe we can just have VAR watch. <laughs> have it as a section. Every no, week. we don't need any more VAR. <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah, it's like we said earlier. Like, it, it is. It's crazy how there seems to be such a small minority that agree with a particular VAR decision. Let's say, for example, the the penalty. Um, against Maguire or the uh, the penalty that was outside the box or Van Dyke's um, injury from on Pickford or from Pickford last week. There's such a small majority that agree with VAR. The vast majority of every comment, every person I've spoken to has all said, how is that not a penalty? Mm. Mm. So if we, you know, Joe Public can see this, how can somebody who sat in a in a in a van or in a technology room wherever they are at Stockley Park, how do they not see it? Yeah, see, for me, before VAR, like when it was all just referees and linesmen, you know, like the, the goal for England v Germany, Frank Lampard, where it sort of went over the line and then came back out. From a linesman point of view, you can sort of say, you know, fair enough, human error, he couldn't see it from where he was. But with VAR, and they're still making the same mistakes that the ref and linesmen were making just from eyesight, I thought the whole point of VAR was that it was supposed to sort of be foolproof yeah. because it made those decisions that referees couldn't see, etc. But it seems to be making just as many, if not more, mistakes than the referees were making in the first place. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, right, video technology in other sports has worked really well because there is a natural kind of, there is a line to be drawn in certain decisions. You, know, you think about um, tennis, it's either in or it's out because of Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Goal line technology in football works in the same way. That's why that works so yeah, well. And yeah. it's never talked about because the technology works. It is in or it's always either over the line or it's not. Mm. Um, in cricket, it's the same thing. You get the Hawkeye. It tracks the ball. It knows where it's hit the, uh, the batsman on the pad. It knows if it's going to hit the wickets or if it's going to miss. With subjective decisions, I don't see a situation where VAR can ever work. Not reliably anyway. So if we're, if we're just passing the buck to somebody else... Not only is the referee getting away with it because he can just say to the players, mm. well, you know, well, me, I didn't do it. So we're, we're, we're taking the responsibility away from the referee. We may as well have whoever that referee is sat on VAR, we might as well have him at the game, somewhere in and around the play to have a set of eyes mm. at the time, like they do in NFL. I think if the referee had gone to the screen, looked at it, and then said he doesn't think it's a penalty for the Harry Maguire thing, I think there would be a bit more let off yeah. because the referee's been there, he's seen it in real life, he's seen it on the screen. Yeah. In his opinion, it's not. But for someone over in Stockley Park to give it just watching on a screen, I think that's unforgivable. And that's why there's a bit of an uproar about some of these decisions. But if the referee is saying himself that I don't mm. think I you know, I don't think it's a goal, I don't think it's handball, this, that, and the other, I think it's a little bit more forgivable then, because mm. the referee is the one that's making the decision. And then it's on his be- his head be it, I think. Which is always how it was anyway. Yeah, I just feel like referees are it's almost pointless them being there because they don't have the balls. Well, it's not so much that they have the balls, but they don't have to make the killer decisions, which is, you know, why they're there. It's, it's human. It, to, to a lot of you say, it's human nature. If, if the opportunity is there to, to shirk responsibility, a lot of people will do that. Mm. A lot of people, especially in, in football, where they're so heavily scrutinised, it's understandable that they mm. might just want to pass the buck and say, well, I didn't make the decision, that yeah. was somebody else. Um, but it just, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And I don't feel like VAR can actually improve on this that's the that's my issue with it i don't see how it can improve no i'm very bored of var <laughs> so is everyone so moving on uh ben homewood said might upset a few but it's brilliant to see leads back in the premier league and playing some brilliant football you can quite easily see them getting top 10 if not pushing for europa league 
<clears throat> As for VAR, <laughs> just get rid of it. It was meant to get rid of the whole argument of it it was wrong or right decision, whereas now it's just all about VAR. Get rid of it. I believe most fans have accepted the decision. Uh, oh, I I believe most fans have accepted that this. The decisions even, even themselves out even over the, themselves season. Out over the yeah, season. You're going to get a good and bad decisions. That's football. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I saw a conversation the other week on on social media about it was actually it was after the Van the Van Dyke thing last week where the standard stereotype is they come out and they go, "Oh, Liverpool, you know, you always, you know, it's about time something went against you guys." We've actually looked back. Liverpool were only plus two VR decisions last year. Mm. They actually had quite a lot go against them. But is it? But this is still ridiculous. Isn't it? It's, it's kind of like a karma thing. People are like, "Oh, you've had two bad decisions, so you'll probably get another two good decisions soon." Yeah, I don't know whether that's one of those sort of old wives' tales. I don't know whether that's actually a thing. I don't. I don't think in the heat of the moment. But I think that's what people are saying. By it's being evened out, being like, "Oh, well, you know, you did have that time where VAR was good to you." Yeah, so mm. take the rough with the smooth sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you. I, th- I think ultimately you do have to have that thinking because you're not going to get every single VAR decision. Mm. We've all seen the um, the way in which the offsides go where it's, you know, a tiny fragment of someone's nail is offside and therefore the goal is ruled out. You just kind of got to, got to roll with that. The thing is they keep changing it all the time though. And they, you know, they sort of think they're making it better and then it turns out worse. And I think that's the problem for me. The, the rules keep changing and they, they change them like throughout the season. It's not yeah. like they get to the end of the season they say, oh, we're going to change this. Like they've already changed the handball rule this season yeah. and we're only six games in. <laughs> it's so hard to like keep yeah. up with what's what. Um, and then on, on Ben's point about, about Leeds, um, I think Europa League is very much within their grasp. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be a very competitive season. I think... It's the, good. It's good when there's like mid-table action. Yeah, the well, the, the so-called big six are all doing us a bit of a favour at the moment, aren't they? Because everybody is guessing. <laughs> well, yeah, they're not the big six right now, but on form, uh, on the current form. But we, as neutrals, as, as fans, we literally have no idea what the how the table is going to be at the end of this mm. season because everybody is, you know, throwing up surprise results as teams performing really well that we weren't expecting them to, mm. etc. So. Yeah, I think I think Europa League is absolutely attainable for Leeds. Um, agreed. So our next comment is from our biggest fan, Joe Morton. <laughs> yeah. He said, Mendy is an absolute monster. We would have lost 3-0 without him on Saturday. Also, Chargers Silver is class, and 1 billion percent we should have had a penalty. <laughs> Although, what a boring, dreadful game it was. As for impressing, Southampton are having a great season, and their manager is great also. Unfortunately, Leeds and West Ham also deserve some credit, even though I hate them both. <laughs> At least he's honest. <laughs> um, yeah, agree with him uh, on Mendy. I wouldn't. I don't know if I go as far to say he's an absolute monster based on the one game that he's had. Yeah, he looks obviously a massive improvement over Kepa right now. I think that's probably wise. Yes, yeah, probably. Yeah, that's probably. <laughs> I suppose, I suppose the bar has been set so low, hasn't it? <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, Mendy did pull off some. I feel like the saves he made were ones that you would expect to keep it make. Yeah, like again, the, one, the, the bar being set low. The one where Rashford went through on goal, I feel like he should have done a lot better. He was one on one, and he was outside the area. Yeah, I thought he was going to try and chip him, but he, he tried he to just smash it at him. And yeah. Mendy did really well. He stayed big, it, yeah, and he mm. got it with his leg. But I feel like Rashford <laughs> should have done a lot better. Yeah, Thiago Silva. We've obviously mentioned he has. He looked really, really good. Um, he looks like. The uh, 
the sort of John Terry figurehead in that defence, mm. ability-wise aside, um, just that sort of controlling, demanding presence in there to, to boss that defence around. He looks really good. Um, Southampton, Leeds and West Ham. Impressive. Yeah. yeah, I'm very surprised to see West Ham in that list when he put that down, I have to say. But no, he's not wrong. I mean, you know, we've we've had a really good start of the season, mm. despite what I said at the very start of this podcast. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I, I think we have to agree that he's absolutely bang on there. Yeah. Right. Well, thank you very much to uh, everyone for getting involved. We will, of course, uh, be doing that every single week. So if you're listening and want to have your, your comments read out and discussed, then... Um, Make sure you hit us up on social media. And we're on Instagram now as well. We're on the old Instagram. Even um, I'm not on Instagram. You're not. <laughs> Fucking hell, Dan. Get, get with the times. I'm so unsocial. <laughs> um, yeah, so we are on Instagram now. We're at, kick, at the Kickabout Pod, as we are in most other places. Friends following us now. <laughs> um, I've only literally created it today, so there's not much on there. But do follow. We're, we're planning to use it as a bit of a bit of a fun thing um posting some funny memes and funny videos and that sort of thing so um yeah should be good right let's talk about more premier league so um we're gonna talk about west ham against man city um strangely though i don't really want to talk about west ham very much (laughs) um despite the fact that they were very good again Moyes is doing a really good job there at the moment um but i just want one quick mention for antonio for his oh, goal. Yeah. Good goal, yeah. Can we just have a bit of appreciation for the for the strength that yeah, he showed? Played up to his strengths, didn't it? Like holding off and then, I mean, great, great goal. Shinner. It was a bit of a shinner, <laughs> but uh, they, they all count. Um, Wasn't quite Wayne Rooney, but... No, I'm not... Do you know what? I'm not even sure you can class it as a scissor kick because there's no scissor action. Mm. He's not really jumped. I think his, one of the, his legs stayed on the floor, didn't it? I Pretty think. much. Yeah. It, yeah, I don't really know. Whatever what, what... it was, though. Oh, yeah, not taking it away from yeah. his great well, goal. Uh, it's, it's more the how he sort of created the space by backing mm. into yeah. to Diaz in the way he did. Mm. Um, but anyway, I want to talk more about Man City this evening because we've spoken about defensively with City about how they've been vulnerable at times and how they've spent massive amounts of money to try and rectify that over the mm. last sort of 12 to 18 months, maybe even longer. Um, but I want to look a little bit further up the pitch. Um, so looking at their goals scored column, they're 13th in the league for goals scored. Um, obviously, they have relied heavily on Aguero in the past and, and Jesus has stepped in and done pretty well on occasions. Um, but do we think they've missed a little bit of a trick here, not signing another striker? Yeah, I think what? they've... they've no, I was just going to say, I think Sterling has kind of, by the media, been like hailed as a striker for City because he's been doing... Last season, he was doing really well, and he's had a he's had a couple of good seasons. I feel like in the media, he has been pushed as a striker for them. I think that's why um, uh, Jesus and Aguero have been injured. He's been playing as that like sort of false nine striker. But uh, with that, I mean time. that that's potentially taken the spotlight off the fact that. They are missing. Oh, I see what you mean. So they, the fact that the media have missed it because they think that's oh, fine yeah. because they've still got Sterling. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think. For for me, I think obviously Aguero is a little bit like Harry Kane in that he's uh, injury prone. He will almost religiously every season get an, one or two injuries that will keep him out mm. for a couple of weeks, if not a month or two uh, at a time. Um, we know obviously he's going to score plenty of goals when he's around the team. I'm not convinced that Jesus is a long-term replacement for Aguero, though. But I also think... Also, because with Aguero, like it's Aguero, the team are probably going to have a morale boost when he comes on yeah. the pitch. 
I don't think Jesus would have the same effect. No, yeah. I think it's very similar to their Vincent company dilemma. Yeah. Like they really missed him as soon as he was sort of out of the team and yeah. when he left. And I think it's going to be the same with Aguero. They're going to struggle to replace him. Yeah, I mean, they, obviously, they, neither Aguero or Jesus has played um, hardly at all this season. Aguero mm. actually went off injured again yeah. at half-time against uh, West Ham at the weekend in his first start. Last season, Mares, Sterling and De Bruyne put on 44 goals. Um, excuse me. So they've, they haven't historically struggled for goals from midfield. Um, but the midfield haven't fired as much this season. Mm. Um, it, they obviously are visually watching the games very much lacking that kind of focal point up front. As, as Fran has said, Sterling has kind of been deployed in that role, but reports sort of suggest that he's not a fan. Yeah, I don't know if I rate him that much, to be honest. Um, but you look at the players they've got on the bench, like the attacking, they've got like Mares, Bernardo Silva, that Theron Torres they've yeah. just signed. There's a lot of attacking players in that team that should be getting goals with or without Jesus. And Do you, I mean, for, I suppose two points. I think Pep putting Sterling in the middle has actually nullified Sterling's threat a bit. Yeah. Because he's such a better player coming off the wing. And I think mm. back to goal is not Sterling's strength. No. He needs to be face-to-face with the player, one-on-one, taking yeah. people on. And mm. I think that's where he's most dangerous. Yeah. Um, and I think that if they... I'm trying to think of, a, of an example... Maybe like Chelsea, actually, when, when Giroud plays for Chelsea and when he was at Arsenal, the midfield got more chances and got more goals because they had that focal point. He wasn't necessarily going to get you 25 goals a mm-hmm. season, but he'd get you plenty of assists. and Or he would just be linking him in the midfield, taking up, um, you know, occupying a defender, creating space, etc., etc. Even though Aguero probably, he's not a Giroud player, he does occupy a defender because he's so his movement is so good off the ball. He may make a channel run, mm. take one of the defenders out, all of a sudden there's a space for a, a Sterling or a Foden or a De Bruyne to, to, to pounce through. And without that out-and-out striker, I think that might be one of the reasons why City are really misfiring at the moment. Yeah, I think it's sort of similar to like Arsenal. I think they've got Aubameyang playing on the wing when really I think he should be playing down the middle. Yeah. Because he hasn't scored one goal yet this season. I think he would be firing him in for Arsenal if he was playing. Who, Aguero? No, Aubameyang. Uh, yeah, he has. Got he scored against Fulham. Mm. Has he scored? Yeah, he scored against Fulham. Mm. I think he has only got one or two. Okay. He, you know, he's wrong, certainly not been I firing. Mean, for, yeah, for someone of Aubameyang's um, quality. Not been a good night for him. So no, far, I was wrong. Know. I didn't think. Please make a sound clip. Well, I took him out my team because <laughs> um, yeah, um, I th- yeah, Aguero is going to be out of the team most of the time this season. Yeah, and I don't see Jesus getting the sort of goals that Aguero would usually bring. Mm. No, I mean, Jesus, I don't know what the ETA on him coming back is. Um, I also don't know the extent of Aguero's injury that he picked up at the weekend. Mm. Um, I don't know whether it's a recurrence of the same injury that he had or whether it's something new. Um, but there's also reports going around that he, that Guardiola has reportedly said that Aguero has to earn a new contract. Um, I believe his contract is expiring at the end of this season, I think. Could be wrong in that. Um, but what do you make of... Guardiola saying he's got to earn a contract. I mean, he's got 180 goals in 265 appearances. Um, is this because Guardiola's beginning to look at this a bit like, well, yes, you're an amazing player, but you're not really playing very much? Well, it was, I think he was very close to leaving when Guardiola first went to see. Yeah, he was. Because he, yes. he hardly played Aguero for mm. a while, and he came quite close to leaving, but then he won his place back in the team. So I think it's maybe... 
I don't think Guardia would let him go. I think it's maybe a you need like to a start. Warning. Yeah, I think it's a, yeah, rather than a. I think it's more tough love rather than a warning. To yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't think you know he he's not at the peak of his powers. You would say um, mainly because you you can't build up a real head of steam when you're constantly having it all broken up by. No, I mean he's going to be on the. He's thirty two now. He's going to be on the decline. Yeah. Um, as a striker. And the injuries are going to get the better of him as yeah. well. He's going to lose a, lose a yard of pace. You know, people like Vardy have touched with him pretty good because they've mm. not had any really recurring serious injuries. Mm. And he's not like a Zlatan with that sort of build where he's more strength, which you don't really lose like in your 30s. It's yeah. more your pace, which Aguero... He relies more yeah. on his pace than he does, yeah, his hold-up ability. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know whether you could really let a player like that leave. Um, certainly not without a plan. Mm. And if let's just let's just uh, throw it out there. If he does leave, who do you think they should be looking at as a replacement? Messi. Still rumours for next year, isn't there? Mm. You know, he's obviously only well, got a year his left. Contract runs out, doesn't it? Yeah. I think, so. um, I, despite the f- got the money to get him in, I can see him coming, um, but I feel like that that is going to be a very commercial orientated. Oh yeah, deal. It's very in, risky as well. I mean, he's he's in his. Mid thirties now. I think from Man City won't see it as a risk from a commercial point of view because of the amount of money that he's going to generate oh, yeah. around the world commercially. Um, as a as a on field risk, mm. yes, I agree. I think thirty four years old, never played in the Premier League. Mm. There is a real risk of him becoming like a Diego Forlan or a Shevchenko, yeah. where he comes across with a ridiculous scoring record mm. in the in La Liga. I mean, I'd love to see it happen. I would love to see it, but I would have loved to have seen it happen three years ago, yeah, three, four yeah. years ago. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he he would be a little bit like Cavani, short term solution to a long term problem, yeah. possibly brought in for other reasons beside his ability on the pitch. Um, as a more longer term solution, would someone like Erling Haaland? Yeah, be a, a... I'd be glad if he blew, and blew us off and went to <laughs> City. To be honest, well, I mean, it wouldn't be a case of blowing United; he'd be blowing Ed Woodward off. And I think mm. the the the. The fact that Edward has failed to get Haaland, what was it, last season or whenever it was, failed again with Sancho this year. Bruce Dortmund are going to be, um, you know, the price is only going up mm. on those two players. Maybe Mbappe? Yeah. There, um, there have been some little rumours flying around that he... Depending m- on how City sort of doing the Champions League. Yeah, I think... I mean, Real Madrid have just lost a Shakhtar, haven't they? Yeah. I, I wonder if Mbappe will leave... Only if Neymar stays. <clears throat> One of the things I saw was that PSG were having to maybe balance the books mm. because of the amount of expenditure they've had. I don't um, know where Neymar would go though. I don't think Barcelona would have him back now. I don't. Yeah, you get the feeling with Neymar that he probably priced himself out of a move to most yeah, places. Yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah, that'd be interesting. But it, it's going to be a task. You know, how do you? There aren't many strikers in the world that you can. You well, know, I mean, throw something out and say, right, he's going to be the one who's going to get me a, another 180 goals mm, like Sergio. Well, I think at the time, Aguero was probably the best striker in the world. Oh, I'm, yeah, 100. percent He was. He was unreal. So yeah, potential problems on the horizon for for City. Mm. Um, obviously, they've they've only scored the eight goals. They're 13th in the league. Um, so yeah, they need to um, step up. They have got a game in hand. Is worth saying. So they, you know, they win that. They go. Flying up the league, so yeah, still, um, still early doors. Exactly. So let's talk uh, Liverpool against Sheffield United. Um, obviously, the big news ahead of the game was that Van Dijk is likely to be out for, excuse me, most if not all of the season with an ACL injury. Um, there are actually some rumours. I think you sent me a 
uh, thing on WhatsApp actually saying that he might even need complete knee reconstruction mm. surgery. Yeah. That the injury can be that bad. Can we just take a moment to appreciate how much of a fucking monster Van, Van Dyke is <laughs> just to walk off. off the pitch with his <laughs> knee in bits like that? Um, so well, that's why I think people didn't actually think it was as bad as it is. Mm. Because he did just kind of like. I thought he was being taken off as a precaution. He did like shake it off a bit, didn't yeah. he? Probably would have played if he could. Yeah, he was looking, you know, you see him on the floor and he was looking and going, Christ, bit pointless, yeah. I saw that. Yeah, just get a magic sponge and give me some give me some water, I'll be fine. His foot's facing around the wrong <laughs> <laughs> So, but, I mean, the risk is with that. I mean, you know, medical science obviously has come along a, come along a huge way over the past 10, 15 years where an ACL injury is no longer a season-ending thing, you could be back in five or six months now. Mm. But if he needs total reconstructive surgery, um, there is a, a a risk to his career now. Mm. Yeah, it could become... How old is he? 28. Yeah. I mean, be, um, it's more just the fact that, you know, will he ever have the... Conf- will we be able to get the confidence back in it? Exactly, because he's yeah. uh, very much like going to tackles yeah. type yeah. of player. Um, He's a big lad as well, so there's going to be more kind of stress going through the knee. Mm. Um, and, you know, there is a risk that he just he maybe can't shake it off. You know, I'm thinking about someone like Dean Ashton when he broke his ankle. Mm. Even though physically they got it back right, they could never really get rid of the underlying issues like the scarring yeah. inside. There is a risk that yeah, this could be a... I think it affect his mentality on the pitch yeah um, so it's worrying times I, I hope that he does come back and I hope he does make a full recovery we know but... you're listening Van Dyke, so we hope <laughs> <laughs> um, and then what didn't help as well is that uh, Joel Matip um, was on the sidelines as well with injury which left Gomez and Fabinho who actually was very impressive midweek I rate Fabinho to be honest centre back I think yeah. he's very good um, but he did give away the penalty um, partially though. We yeah we've sort of touched on it what, what's our views on it do we think it's in or out, do we even think it's a foul? Uh, well, I, I think it's a 50-50 for a foul, but I, don't, I 100% don't think it's a penalty. I think it's a free kick on mm. the edge of the area. If any, I don't get what well, you were speaking about it earlier. I don't get the whole, if it's on the line, therefore it's over the line, because that just makes no sense to me. Yeah. Why can you not have a free kick on the line? I, I must admit, I was always of the opinion that if, if you were brought down on the line, it was outside. It, you, mm. it was effectively, you know, if you think about if a ball is in or out of play, the entire ball has to be over yeah. the line. Well, do um, they need to decide what side of the line is in and out? Or do they not know that? Well, supposedly, from what I've heard... Well, supposedly, if it's on the line, if it's, it's on the line, a penalty. Yeah. Which is so in. it means it's in. Yeah. yeah. Um, but one, he was running away from goal. Or was he facing... No, Fabinho's... Yeah, because Fabinho went in, like, the side end, didn't he? He's yeah. sort of going away from goal. I think looking at it, I think it's pretty clear cut that it's outside. I don't even think you need to draw the lines on it. I think from, with the naked eye, just watching the replays, I think you can see it. Yeah. Um, and if it is on the line, I mean, we're back to this whole, you know, bit of your finger now that's, mm. that's inside. I mean, we're talking a tiny amount of, of, of Fabinho's boot or um, I'm not sure, was it McGoldrick that got fouled? I don't remember who it yeah, was. Remember. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just such strange decisions. Um, but anyway, so they then scored the penalty. Sheffield United actually didn't play that badly across the 90 minutes. Mm. Um, they created a reasonable number of chances, although um, apart from there was one moment that I remember where it got a little bit worried uh, at the back for Liverpool. They didn't seem to be con- that troubled. Um, but Liverpool, you know, champions, grind out results. Is that uh, the sort of thing that will please Klopp? Will he, will he be happy with a comeback result like that more than he will a 4-0 win? Yeah, because yeah. I think if they hadn't have won that, I think 
I don't think anybody would have been talking about the actual game itself. Everyone would have been talking about Van Dyke. Yeah. Which would have yeah. pissed Klopp off. <laughs> yeah. So I think just for the fact of that, that people not having to talk about... Everyone would just say they're on a downward of... spiral. Yeah. Yeah. Um, goals from Firmino, a rare one from Firmino. Mm. Obviously not, not known for his goal scoring. I literally said we were watching it and I was like, he hasn't really done much this season yet. And no. then he scores the First goal. game at Anfield for a long time, I think. First goal, First goal. Goal, that's what I said, yeah. You said, said game. game. You said goal. You're having an absolute shock. I said goal. Right? You can check that back. I said goal. <laughs> um, but yes, you are correct. Yes. So, uh, and also Diego Jota as well, getting a goal on his yeah. first start. Um, really nice header from him. Um, given how close the league is right now, do we think, is it or is it too early to say that it's, you know, we always say Liverpool versus City for the league. Do we think it's too early to say, actually, there's probably more teams in it? Do we even think that, it's Liverpool versus City, or is it Liverpool versus somebody else? I, th- well, I think you have to have Liverpool in here because they're the, the yeah. holders. Yeah. I think maybe we'll have a look after 10 games and see what it should, because it's still very close. Um, and, you know, obviously some teams have had easier run-ins than other teams. Yeah. So yeah. I think after, you know, another five or so games, see what the table's looking like, and then you'll get a little bit of a clearer picture. Yeah. Um, I mean, given Liverpool, they're currently second. They do have the joint worst defensive record in the league, and I'm going to keep reminding them of that <laughs> until that changes. Um, five points ahead of City at the moment, who are 13th, who've got a game in hand. Chelsea 9th, Arsenal 10th, Spurs are 11th um, at time of recording. They're obviously um, playing Burnley at the moment. I believe it's nil nil at half time. Um, United are 15th, but first to 15th is only separated by six points. So, mm. you know, in as you say, in 10 games' time, this league could look completely different but to also, what it looks like now. Looking at that, how insane is that for all the other teams? Like that is how spread out the top the top six mm. yeah. football team we've got Arsenal next so I don't have much <laughs> um, I mean we've been pretty critical of some teams this season not to mention you know United and, and City and Liverpool at times as well um, because, but because of the way the league is and the fact that everyone's so close are people getting a bit of a jail, get out of jail free card at the moment because someone like United who we've been heavily critical of mm. um Two wins and they're potentially in the top four. Yeah, all of a sudden things look nice and rosy again. I think we're critical of them because they are known as the infamous top six. And look at look at where they all are at the moment and the games they've had. That's why we're critical of them because we, as the general public, expect more from those teams than you would expect from the Leeds and the Aston Villas of the world. Yeah, I think you look at last season with you'd look at like the top four and you'd be like, oh, like as a United fan, you'd be like, oh, I'm happy with that. We finished third. Blah, blah, Realistically, blah. that was the best you were going to get last yeah, season. Yeah, but then you look at Liverpool and they finished like 30 points above us. So yeah. in that perspective, that's shocking. We've had a really bad that's season. That's very mm. true. Um, yeah, the, I think I don't think we're going to see that this year. I, I cannot see Liverpool um, going on, on that sort of run and extending. That mm. being said, if they can put a run of games together where they win, say, 10 in a row, with the, if the results continue being a bit weird elsewhere they absolutely can pull yeah. quite far clear of everyone else. I think it'll be a lot closer this season than it was especially now Van Dyke's been injured I think I think that will play a part yeah in uh, things to come yeah it's going to be a big uh, be interesting to see what they do in the transfer window mm. um, I think I'd be yeah, amazed they've already if they... been linked with like every centre back under the sun <laughs> every, every journalist <laughs> in the world has gone rubbing their hands together <laughs> right then Google centre back. Just go on, go on football manager and find out some centre backs. Roulette wheel out. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think um, it'd be really interesting to have this conversation again in three or four games' time to sort mm. of see where those 
so-called top six teams are, have they managed to get themselves back near the top of the table? Um, and whether teams like Everton, Villa, Leeds, whether they've been able to maintain their form, because if they can, then it doesn't matter what the other teams do. If they keep winning, then, then mm. uh, in 10, uh, 10 games, then they can still be up there anyway. Um, right, before we move on to the final two bits of the, uh, of the podcast with this stats uh, question and the quiz, um, I just want to uh, make a quick point. So 11 points... That is the lowest number of points that a Premier League team has ever had across an entire season. That was Derby County in the 2007-2008 season. Are Fulham in danger of breaking that record? <laughs> Potentially. I mean, was it last season or season before Palace lost like their first seven or eight it was games? The ball was they? in charge, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. I think he was the one. Did Hodgson come in straight yeah, after him? Yeah, that's where Hodgson yeah. came yeah. in, and they ended up finishing like 14th or something yeah. like that in the end. So. It's still early days. Um, sometimes, you know, a bit like Palace. Palace, if you wanted to, if I were Fulham, I would probably look at, apart from the fact the manager got sacked and things turn around, so maybe Scott Parker wouldn't show them that. But, yeah, yeah. Um, you can turn things around. Hey, I, I, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit tongue-in-cheek throwing this in today, but I do look at that Fulham team and I watch the highlights and I listen to the reports and, and we were listening to it on the radio, actually, weren't we, on the way back from football on Saturday. Um, and they're, they're, there's not a lot of positivity coming out of Fulham. No. And even when there is a bit of positivity, we were talking about them last week when they got the point against um, Sheffield United. Yeah. They had a couple of good performances. Mitrovic, by all accounts, had a fairly average day at the office again at the weekend. Mm. Um, I just don't see where they're getting points from right now. No, I mean, last time they were in the Premier League, Mitrovic was scoring quite a few goals for them. He was sort of like their only goal scorer. But, I mean, people had him in their fantasy teams even though Fulham were like in the relegation zone because he yeah. was just banging goals in. Mm. But, I mean, not even he can sort of lift them up this season. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, it's, again, maybe in 10 games' time, they what Fulham do not want is after 10 games to be cut adrift. Um, they need to pick up a win or two. Even if they're still in the bottom three, that won't bother them too much. But what they don't want to be is seven, eight, nine points behind mm. the teams that are outside the relegation zone. And that very much goes for... The other teams down there, Burnley, West Brom, Sheffield United. Um, if a gap starts to to create this early in the season and it starts to open up, from a mentality point of view and a confidence point of view, that's going to be quite difficult to overcome for those managers. Um, and then I think we'll start seeing which of those teams goes first in terms of uh, making a change of, of manager. Yeah, I think it'd be a shame because I think Scott Parker done really well to get them straight back up to the Premier League. He's really well liked there as well. I, yeah. know, I do know that. So I think he will be given a little bit more time than most would be mm. if Fulham continue on this current trajectory. But I mean, the, the Premier League is ruthless. And unfortunately, you've seen it before. Like Managers get teams up to the Premier League and then they're given sort of 10 games and they're sacked. And yeah. I mean, even... Um, uh, oh, I can't remember his name. The Chelsea manager won the Champions League, and then the next season he got sacked. Oh, Di yeah. Matteo. Di Matteo, yeah. yeah. And um, Leicester manager Claudio Ranieri yeah. won the Premier League for Leicester, yeah. which was unspoken of. Next season he was given the sack. Yeah, I mean, it's you don't hear too many managers going the entire season um, because usually teams are so desperate to stay in the Premier League mm. because of all the money and everything else that they will they will roll the dice as many times as need to be doing and in the hope that they suddenly roll a double six and get the formula that keeps them in the league. There's no loyalty, to be honest. No. Um, that being said, I mean, you think about Norwich last season, I've just quickly looked up on my phone to see where they are in the league. Obviously, they 
had a very poor season last year. Yeah. Um, certainly second half of the season, they were very poor. Um, they stuck with Daniel Farke. There was never really any rumours of him being sacked as no. well. Um, and they're currently uh, fifth in the championship, having a pretty good start to the season, won four of the first seven. Um, so if if the if the hierarchy is of the opinion, do you know what? We're not going to go crazy and spend money because we know it's going to be really tough in there. If we consolidate for the first season, see what happens. If we get relegated, we know we've got a manager who's brought us up before. Get Sam Allardyce in. Then get Big Sam in. <laughs> One last job before he dances his way off to Menorca. Yeah. Right. Um, okay, let's go on to the stat man. Um, so I won't read out the entire thing again. I'll just read out the question. Uh, I hope you've had a think about it. Not really. So, which player has created the most chances for Chelsea so far this season? Fran, you can have a guess as well. Oh, God. Um, I'm going to go with created the most chances. I've got two names in my head. One is Azpilicueta mm-hmm. and one is Mason Mount. But, I mean, they're educated guesses, but they are guesses. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know yeah, for sure. I was going to say Mason Mount. Mason Mount? Yeah. Okay. So, despite playing just half of Chelsea's six Premier League games this season, Ben Chilwell has created more chances than any other player for the Blues in the league this season. Well, that's a pretty damning indictment, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, we've spoken about how Chelsea have been good going forward. Yeah. And it turns out that their fullback is their what most sign- creative player. What signing that is, though? <laughs> I don't think they signed him for, his, uh, for that ability. Maybe they did. Maybe they saw something we didn't. Right. Um, okay, so it's that time again. It's, it's 4-1 to Dan. It's time for this. Hello, everyone. Welcome back yeah. to Football with Fran. Your buzz, not buzzers, what are they called? What do you call them? Sounds. Your sounds. sounds? Yeah. Your sounds Sound this week. If you get it right. Oh! To get Chelsea! <laughs> I had some. Uh, I I I, did, I didn't know how long to leave that because it goes <laughs> on for so damn. I didn't realize how long it went on for. It'll be like a half hour. Long. <laughs> um. So yeah, but we got some really good feedback last week off this. Oh really? Yeah, really good feedback. There's one of my friends who said he thought it was hilarious. He loves a bit of Cammy, so we'll bring Cammy back at some point. <laughs> we set and the bar very high. Yeah, I know. Well, I know. We peaked. We peaked. And if you get it wrong, because they were absolutely pathetic. Their body language was terrible. It was spiritless. <laughs> That was that was uh, from the Spurs game. So yeah, I'm not talking about yeah. Spurs then. Yeah, that's been in, that's done and dusted. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this week I want you to name the Premier League team stadiums. Oh, okay. If you will. So what uh, viewers you cannot see? They both have their phones. But I can see their screens, so there's no cheating. Okay. And basically, I'm gonna say a team you have to write down the stadium and then i'll get both of you to say the answer separately okay sounds good all right let's do it i'm okay. very confident no, i shouldn't have said that oh, no. <laughs> oh gosh okay we'll start with the easy one liverpool i was cool. about to read out the bloody stadium name <laughs> right chris anfield They're going to hear this a lot. Dan? Uh, of course, so had Anfield. Oh! 
Show you workings. Show you workings. Well, it changed it to Affield. Spelling counting this. Right. Sheffield. Oh, shit. I don't know Sheffield United. I feel like I'm going to be really strong at this. Yeah. <laughs> I should know it's, that. Again, for you, as you can't see, but Chris is literally Which beaming. Though? Sheffield United. Okay. Don't start questioning the quiz host. <laughs> Fran, don't stand for that. Dock a point. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Right, three, two, one. Chris? Bramall Lane. Oh! To give Chelsea Before we move on, can we just bring yeah. out the other sound alert for Dan? Yeah, I didn't have Dan. anything written down, so. I mean, Bramall Lane. Pathetic. The body language was <laughs> terrible. It was spiritless. Right, Fulham. There's a lot of typing going on here. Uh, Chris? Craven Cottage. Oh! To give Chelsea! I'm going to combine it if you both get it right. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I was going to be all day pressing this button. It's a long time. Um, Leeds. United. Oh, bloody autocorrect. Oh. oh, don't blame more. If you spell it wrong, mate, it counts as the wrong answer. Right. Chris? Ellen Road. Ellen Road. Oh, to give Chelsea! Oh, bad luck. Mm. Wow. How many are we doing? Are we doing them all? Let's find out. Or are we yeah. doing like 10 or something? All 20. All 20. Oh, I need I... you to slip up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brighton. Hmm. Fuck. Oh, yeah, no, I'm all right. Yeah, okay. Fuck. <laughs> oh, oh, someone's starting off cocky. Uh, I'm going to write one down, but I think it's wrong. Right. Positive. Okay, Chris? I think it's the Amex. Is it the Amex? I wrote the Amex. I said Brighton, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, they were really? absolutely pathetic. The Is body it? language was terrible. It was spiritless. Okay, well, my sources are telling me. That it's a Falmer Stadium. No. That must be an old name, surely. Hang on, Google, Google. <laughs> I got, like, the most up-to-date list I could find. But if you're right, then take it. Yeah, American Express Community Stadium, the Amex. That's fine, then. What did you say? Amex. No, he didn't. Yes, I did. Okay, you can both have it. You can have it. Um, what's, what's the scores? Uh, you're one ahead. 4-3. 4-3 or 5-4. Uh, 5-4, 5-4. <clears throat> um, Everton. It's really hard because the stadium name's at the top and I keep wanting to read that out. <laughs> Chris? Goodison Park. Goodison Park. Oh. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. She's tracking well six. here. 6-5. Oh, uh, I don't see you beating me, no, then. I, I don't think I've... you're going to get one wrong. I think I've... We'll, we'll do three more. Oh. <laughs> Three more. Leicester. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah, Dan. Yeah, as no, if I'm you good. were questioning that. <laughs> as if you were questioning that. It's because I keep thinking nicknames rather than stadiums for some reason. I might do a quiz on that, though, soon. Mm. So. <laughs> keep that knowledge inside. Study. Chris? King Power Stadium. King Power Stadium. Oh, to get God, I think, I think Chris might edge this one. Yeah, yeah, I think that, that was the first one as well, wasn't it? Uh, uh, no, first one, yeah, second, second one. Yeah. Uh, Wolves. Mm. 
Mm. I have no idea how you spell it, but... Well, yeah, I think it should go down to spelling. As if you're going to spell oh, it. Right. it I reckon you... I've spelled it right. Mr. Boo to a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> how is that not a saying? It's not really funny. <laughs> Molyneux. Yeah, Molyneux. Can you check the spelling? <laughs> I, I think mine's wrong. wrong. <laughs> I think mine's wrong, to be fair. Yours looks right. Oh! Yeah, Dan, you <laughs> And the last one is Burnley. Oh. What? Game set match. I knew he'd know what it is. Turf Moor. Turf Moor. <laughs> what did you put for Sheffield? Did you not put No, I couldn't think of anything. All I had in my head was Blades. That's what I mean. I kept thinking of the nicknames. nicknames. Rather than stupid Do you know thing. what? It's funny because we did a, a quiz. You sent me a quiz yeah. on the internet, didn't you, for all the nicknames? Yeah. And immediately, as soon as Fran said the question, I was like, oh shit, we did this, we did this. Oh no, wait, we didn't. Is that what? Anyway, so, <laughs> Chris, congratulations. Thanks. Mm. I'm back in the game. 4 2. 4 2. Should we, um, not part of the quiz, we just quickly reel off the others, see if we can do the yeah, rest? Yeah, yeah. Just shout we'll them out. Take, take one each then. Just shout. Well, yeah. Okay. Just yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. Go on, go on. Okay. Chris, where's Sam? <sighs> well, it depends. What it's London Stadium? I think is the official title. Yeah. That's good. I've got to put the <laughs> Olympic Stadium. This is genuinely. I'm just reading this off in order, and it's actually Man United. Old Trafford. Uh, Crystal Palace. Selhurst Park. I'd think about yeah. that yeah. for a second. Yeah. It almost caught me out. Uh, Newcastle. Uh, Sports Direct Arena. It used to be St James's Park. Yeah, I think it's still, it still affectionately St. known as St James's Park. Park. I think Park. Southampton. Uh, St Mary. No, it's not St Mary's, is it? Mm. Is it St Mary's? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yes. I'm not. I'm not. I just. I, I just. Uh, no, I just for a minute I questioned myself because I was going to say the Dell, but that's the old one. <laughs> Chelsea. Um, Stamford Bridge. Arsenal. Uh, the Emirates. Man City. Empty hand. <laughs> <laughs> West Brom. Hawthorns. Tottenham. Uh, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Yeah. What a, what a great stadium, though. <laughs> Iconic. <laughs> Aston Villa. Ooh. Oh, well, now you're questioning it. That's making I think I know what it is. What I've got written down is not. Villa Park. Yeah. 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 Just for a minute, yeah. <laughs> that hard, was Don't it? do that face. <laughs> there you go, that's the stadium. Lovely. So well done, Chris. 20 out of 20, that would have been for me. Can I just have one more Gary Neville orgasmic reaction, please, <laughs> for my win? Right. Keeps things interesting. It does keep things interesting. Um, at some point, we said we're going to go to 10. So we've effectively, potentially, as many as six, nice. or it could be about 20, depending mm. on how the games go. Um, are we going to Are we gonna put it out to the fans? Yeah, for, fans. Yeah, I think so. For the, for I the asked yeah, last yeah. week, fans, I'm looking for some forfeits yeah. that whoever, that the loser can do. I'm really concerned about like what Joe Morton will put. <laughs> yeah, Joe Morton. I'm not going to lie. Talking to you. I guess if we get enough people do them, then we just pick the best one or worst one. Well, Fran's the host. Fran, Fran will be, be the obviously. ultimate decider. The worst one. Joe Morton, Joe Tobias, come <laughs> on. Give me some forfeits. <laughs> right, Put excellent. on a Saturday with just sock tape on. <laughs> <laughs> you best work me out down the gym, mate. I'll have the police round if I have to do that. <laughs> right. Um, what a vision to end on. <laughs> Don't lie, Fran. We already thought of that, 
<laughs> right. Um, thank you very much for listening, everybody. Um, we are out of here. Next week um, will be episode number 10 already, people. <gasps> Milestone. Can you believe it? Um, yeah, I don't think there's anything else to say other than that if you do want to get in touch with the show, as always, we are the Kickabout Pod across all our socials, now including Instagram. And... I think that's probably it, isn't it? Yeah. Good. Right, excellent. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. And we'll see you next week. Bye. See ya.